The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Barca Blog Honest Podcast. My name is Josh. I hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful week. For those of you in the United States, like myself, happy election week. Um, for those of you that are overseas, uh, uh, you're welcome for all the content that this uh, political season has brought to your uh, to your doorstep on Twitter. Um, this is a Barcelona podcast, and Barcelona are currently in one of the more interesting. And I feel like I, I feel like I say this every couple months. Um, the current state of Barcelona football is one of the most fascinating I, I can remember in recent years. Um, obviously, the presidential bid is in the midst of happening. Um, we don't have a permanent president at Barcelona. Bartomeu is out. I can't remember if we talked about this um on a podcast since since it's happened i know we had the uh real madrid and juve previews um since i haven't had a podcast since last week i guess it's almost been it's been two weeks since the real madrid loss and a week and a half since juventus the juventus win uh like we talked about um with black white and reed all over uh the juventus team that barcelona played was a pretty interesting one it was one without their best player in cristiano ronaldo uh nevertheless an impressive win for barcelona a very much needed win for barcelona i would say because the next time the two teams will play in the champions league cristiano ronaldo um that's me knocking on wood will be back because you know you want to play the best so barcelona uh, currently sits at the top of their Champions League group in Group G uh, after a win over Dynamo Kiev. Uh, just like some some notes from that match, right? Uh, there are three points of Juventus in Group G. I think despite the fact that in the Juventus match, like Barcelona were impressive in some facets. A lot of that was Juventus' lack of uh, competence. In the match this past week, there were a lot of highlights, but you could also still tell um, Barcelona are still kind of figuring themselves out and uh, how they are three points ahead after three matches in this group and they've gone three for three is it's really nice I <laughs> I don't necessarily say they look like a team like I would still say they're not top three favorites to win the Champions League um, but you would rather you know you would rather say like hey we're still figuring ourselves out and and we've also won three of our first three matches in the champions league than uh, than the other way around so all in all good news for barcelona um it's really really nice to have mark andre tersegan back in goal he looked great uh, obviously there's going to be a little bit of rust coming back from that break but um it's just really nice and comforting to have him back in goal uh ronald kuman still doesn't look he still doesn't look comfortable with his choices, particularly in the midfield. Um, he's still figuring out a lot of what this Barcelona team does best, what it, what its strengths and weaknesses are, like any new manager would. 
Uh, in particular, the Barcelona midfield has been one of contention and been one that's interesting going back to last year, you know, with Rakitic and Vidal, um, where we weren't necessarily sure of what the past, the present, and the future looked like at the Barcelona midfield, um, like the core of that midfield. And I think what's been pretty obvious so far is that Kuman is struggling with that as well. Uh, Frankie de Jong was slotted in in a more defensive role this match. Sergio Busquets is still getting playing time, a significant portion, despite the fact that, in my opinion, he still doesn't look... Uh, he doesn't look up to it. And I don't necessarily know... I don't know... If Kuman just doesn't feel comfortable with other options, I don't know if I blame him because uh, it's tough to come into Barcelona and get rid of Luis Suarez, almost see Lionel Messi go, and then also, you know, Busquets is another legend of the club, um, been there for a while, a kind of a consistent, uh, like a, a a keystone, or a, I don't know if keystone is the right word, uh, just like a uh, like a Mount Rushmore player um, at the you know the most recent iteration of the last decade of Barcelona football, and perhaps he's struggling with wanting to you know bench him. I, I don't necessarily know, uh, but it is clear that Ronald Koeman is still figuring himself out and figuring out what he's comfortable with at Barcelona. Uh, another guy that's like Sergio Busquets doesn't look comfortable is Antoine Griezmann. Um, I talked about him with Emil Avanesian on a recent podcast. I feel like I've been talking about him um, going back to when Renato and I were chatting about him last year or I guess earlier this year somehow. Maybe. Maybe last year. I can't remember. Um, it's been a long year. And I think the the lack of comfort that is so obvious for Antoine Griezmann at this point is starting to become more and more concerning. Um, I think a lot of people would have, have voiced their concern and have been concerned with Griezmann. I, in particular, in my opinion, I was still, I still felt as if time would tell and time would show that he was going to be someone who remained comfortable, who would, who would kind of come into his own at Barcelona. Particularly, I felt like and I think I, I even mentioned this before Luis Suarez actually ever left, but like I was excited to see Antoine Griezmann at Barcelona without Luis Suarez. I was excited to see him, uh, the possibility of him being the the main lead striker at Barcelona. And I think what's clear, and Emil pointed this out the last time we chatted, is so far, um, up to this point, his level of comfort in Ronald Koeman's system and in Barcelona's overall system he just hasn't been able to change his play style from what he was at Atletico Madrid and even in some aspects the French national team to what Ronald Koeman and Barcelona want to do and want to utilize him for. Uh, he's still one of the most impressive attackers I've seen in terms of the effort that's given on the defensive field, like on the defensive side of the pitch. Obviously something he learned at Atletico Madrid and something that was ingrained in his playing style and if I were, you know, purely an Antoine Griezmann fan, I would have kind of been excited at the prospect of seeing him. Um, and I'm not someone who's able to analyze. If, if there were people who watched uh, Antoine Griezmann a lot at Atletico Madrid and knew that his playing style would not be conducive to the type of Barcelona striker that Barcelona wanted when they signed Antoine Griezmann, uh, hats off to you. I wasn't able to tell that. I thought that it would be an interesting and smooth transition uh, to the lead attacker at Barcelona eventually. I have been wrong so far. And it's disappointing because I think when Griezmann is 
when he's going full throttle and when he like he's just such an exciting player to watch and I hope there's obviously still opportunity for him at Barcelona like look at his Dembele when a guy comes to Barcelona for that much money like a Griezmann or a Dembele it's hard just to like sell him for 50 cents on the dollar and I think that means that he still has time to turn things around to Barcelona like his health hasn't been an issue like Dembele I still think there's a chance that he turns into a more potent and consistent striker at Barcelona. I don't necessarily know if he's going to be the type of striker that Barcelona fans want him to be, uh, that the Barcelona brass want him to be, but he is an excellent player, and I hope that Kuman and Barcelona are able to figure out the best utilization of his skills and his abilities because I think it's possible. It's just uh, Barcelona are still looking in the transfer window or in the transfer rumor mill for their for their Luis Suarez replacement. And I think they're realizing more and more that Griezmann is not a one-to-one. And it, most people probably knew this. I think in my head, I thought he could become a more like Suarez player. Like more, not necessarily in terms of how they attack, right? Like he was never going to be a Lewandowski as Suarez. But I thought that they could find a use case for him that would make him a one-to-one replacement. And uh, I've, I've been wrong on that so far. Uh, maybe that was obvious to other people. It was not obvious to me. I thought there was a chance it could work. Again, perhaps there's still time because of the amount of investment they have in him. Perhaps there's still time for it to work. So, yeah, that's kind of the Champions League recap. Barcelona somehow three points ahead of Juventus in Group G. That could change. Juventus are getting healthier. Cristiano Ronaldo should be back. Uh, but nevertheless, an impressive start to the Champions League uh, schedule for Barcelona. I have some Gerard Piquet quotes. So I wrote these up yesterday at BarcelonaBloodGranis.com. Gerard Piquet, every time he gives an in-depth interview or talks for more than five seconds, is just the best. Uh, I I love listening to him. He always provides such honest insights. And I, I can appreciate that someone who has been at the club for this long can provide the perspective that he can provide, uh, allows kind of a window into his perspective. I'm just going to read the quotes off. Uh, the club right now is how it is. It's in a... Hang on, let me zoom in real quick so I can see. Um, here we go. Uh, the club right now is how it is. It's in a process of many changes. Changes, I think, were necessary. We needed to turn things around. It was obvious that we were in decline, and every year we were a little worse. We don't have much time, but we need it to improve. There's never a transition year at Barcelona. You're always obligated to win. Now we have elections and a new board will come in and we will see changes in the coming months little by little. In the meantime, we have to continue on repeating. We have to keep on repeating, but it's not easy because of many circumstances, not just relating to what's going on at the club, but because we're here with no fans. Things have gone well in the Champions League, but in La Liga we have to change and we're going to change. We have young players coming through. They have much added dynamism to the group. They have added dynamism to the group and to the way we play. We don't have much time, but we need it to gain confidence and to keep on growing. I mean, just he's just the best. Uh, I, I think that first paragraph, right? Uh, we needed to turn things around. It was obvious that we were in decline. And every year we were a little worse. We don't have much time, but we need it to improve. There's never a transition year at Barcelona. Uh, this is something we've talked about on this podcast. I feel like time and time again, and PK, as he so often does, so eloquently 
perfectly and eloquently laid out the situation. There is never a transition year at a club like Barcelona, at a club like Real Madrid, at a club like Juventus, Manchester United, Man- well, Manchester United, <laughs> at Manchester City. Like these large clubs never have transition years. Their uh, fiduciary responsibilities, I think that's the right word, don't allow them to have transition years. And uh, the coronavirus pandemic, especially, does not allow teams to have transition years. And uh, PK. I think points out very well that the young players are coming through and that they're adding some dynamic capabilities to Barcelona. And uh, it's going to be especially interesting to keep watching them in La Liga and the Champions League. Like he said, in La Liga, they're going to turn things around, you would hope, because they're in 12th place right now. I know there are two less matches played than the first place Real Sociedad. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but they have one win in their last five matches, so that's not great. Um, there were more David Alaba rumors uh, like I said in the write-up I did for that, I'll believe it uh, when I see it. I continue to, I think when I had, uh, um, I can't, uh, when I had Bavarian Football Works on, uh, we chatted about David Alaba and I asked if it was ever going to happen. Uh, th- there's, I keep convincing, I think a couple years ago I convinced myself there was a possibility. Uh, he's just, he's never coming to Barcelona, as great as it would be. Uh, he's in the midst of contract discussions, has not signed a new deal with Bayern Munich, whatever. Like, he can ask for as much as he wants. Even if Barcelona could afford it, he's not coming. Uh, Danny Alves, I appreciated this. Uh, he said that Barcelona did not have the balls to admit it was a mistake to let him go in 16. That's probably correct. Uh, even if they wanted him back, which I, I don't know. Like, and there, there were definitely scenarios where it would have been nice to have Danny Alves back. But uh, from what I remember, again, it's been four years. I remember him slowing down a little bit. Uh, it was, you know, it was kind of like what we're seeing with uh, Marcelo at Real Madrid, like a little bit, slightly, maybe not as dramatic. Uh, but I, I did think it was funny that he was just like, listen, I offered to come back, and they didn't have the balls to admit it was a mistake. <laughs> um, La Liga. So going into the bet- into the Betis match, Barcelona have six matches played. They are sitting on eight points. They are currently nine points behind first place. And eight points behind Real Madrid. They have one less match played than Real Madrid and two than Real Sociedad. Um, you don't want to dig yourself in too big of a hole. And I know that's obvious, but like, just got to say it, right? Six matches in, eight points. That sucks. And uh, I know the schedule has been nuts. It's not going to get like a lot better, maybe slightly better. Uh, as Gerard Piquet said, uh, they have to change in the Liga, and you would expect that they're going to change and that things are going to uh, swiftly adapt. Like I talked about earlier with Ronald Koeman and his comfortability with the lineup choices, he's got to figure it out uh, because even though they are three points ahead of Juventus and Group G of the Champions League, uh, La Liga could... Um, you don't want to get too far behind, and uh, that's that's obvious, but it needs to be said. So that's all I got, people. Uh, like I posted on the Twitter account, we hit 150K downloads on the Barca Blog on podcast for this calendar year uh, with two months to go. Thank you so much. Uh, the, you know, I, I've gone through my struggles hosting this podcast. I'm still trying to figure out mic quality. I remember when I first kind of started getting into it, doing it more consistently. You guys could hear every time I swallowed and every time I breathed pretty much. I hope that's better. I'm trying to uh, to learn more about this. I'm trying to maintain a consistent schedule and uh yeah i love doing this podcast thank you for listening if you are not subscribed apple podcasts spotify google play stitcher overcast 
and uh, I will talk to you all next time. Thank you for listening.